Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Work Alchemy podcast series on impact, talking with entrepreneurs and organizational leaders who contribute to building a more cooperative and positive future. I'm Ursula York, the host of this series. I'm a mentor to business people who want to have a positive effect on the world around them, building strong businesses by creating value for their clients, team members, and the larger world. I am so passionate about sharing with you the stories of entrepreneurs and leaders who have impact, their inspiring and energizing role models. I hope you use what you learn here to be inspired about what you can do in your business and beyond. For ongoing inspiration and support to get clear on your impact and put it into action, enter your name and email at workalchemy.com. Today's guest in this podcast series on impact is Jennifer Westfall. For 20 years, Jennifer successfully managed homeschooling programs for her three children, Annie, Kyle, and Jake, and an autism treatment program called SUN, S-O-N, RISE, Sunrise, for her son Kyle, who was diagnosed as autistic in 1998 and who was subsequently diagnosed as fully emerged from autism by age 12. After Kyle's recovery, Jennifer built and managed a foundation called Kyle's Treehouse to provide information on alternative treatment options to those touched by autism. Recently, Jennifer and her husband Jeff founded their own production company, Wavelength Productions, to foster and develop documentaries promoting the social causes nearest to them. Jennifer was a founding member and president of MacGuffin Film and Theater School, founding board member for Open Connections, a homeschooling resource center, an advisory board member for Dragonfly Forest, which provides camps for kids with special needs, an advisory board member for the Autism Center of Philadelphia. Jennifer also serves on the board of trustees for Clark University, her alma mater in Dubuque, Iowa. Jennifer got into the documentary film business because she felt it was the best vehicle to tell the stories important to her, and she loves good stories. Currently, she's working on a documentary about her son Kyle, his recovery from autism, and how this has impacted his senior year at Drexel University as a graduating fashion designer. She and her husband Jeff are also working on a documentary about unschooling and the families of Open Connections. A third documentary called Cured, about autism and the search for a cure, is in pre-production. Welcome to the podcast, Jennifer. I'm so delighted to have you here. Thank you, Ursula. It's delightful to be here. (laughs) So you've had such unique experiences from creating Kyle's Treehouse in support of families with a child with autism to supporting other causes to your current work as a documentary filmmaker. What is it that drew you to have this work, this this constellation of, of things that you do? What what drew you to that? Um, yeah, it's such an um, interesting question. Um, I think... Uh, if I had to look back on uh, how I started with, you know, where we were, uh, getting into homeschooling and then discovering our son was autistic and uh, also being attracted to this uh, very alternative, uh, you know, home-based parent-led child-centered program and then moving into documentary films, uh, I, I would have to say that it, it – uh, we are where we are. I've done what I've done because I've been attracted to what my gut or my instincts told me was the right thing for me to do. Um, 
you know, we started into homeschooling and even into this autism program at a time back in the um, early, you know, late 19, uh, you know, uh, 98, 99, 2000. Homeschooling was uh, something that people did not really understand or recognize. And most of the questions people would ask me are, are you a teacher? Are you qualified? You know, uh, you know, and if you're not, why are you doing this to your children? You should put them with the experts. The same thing happened in the world of autism, where we were, I was, once people found out what we were doing for Kyle, you know, again, are you a teacher? Are you an expert? Why are you doing this to your children, your child, uh, our son in particular? Shouldn't you give him to the experts? And I think that what I really figured out for myself is I'm my own best expert. I did what I felt instinctually was the best thing for our kids. Um, so I don't, I would say that if there was anything that drew me to this, it was the feeling I had within myself that this was absolutely the right thing for us at that time. I, I love hearing that. I am my own best expert. It really speaks to how we all have this inner clarity and wisdom. And if we would only tap into it, we could do so much. And you have done so much and, and created organizations and, and this kind of environment for your kids. What do you feel is the, the outcome of that? What, uh, how do you feel that that's benefited them? <clears throat> well, uh, I think they are, um, I think they are kids who are very focused in what they want to do. Uh, they had the opportunity to really uh, play, uh, play in their field very early on. Um, they, so Annie was very involved with theater. That's how I got involved with the theater company. Um, so she, uh, she uh, sort of taught me, all of them, I would say all three of them really taught me to appreciate the inner motivation that each person I think has. Uh, so I got the opportunity as the person organizing everything in their lives because I was the, you know, the organizer, the, the, the mentor, the, the mom. Uh, you know, I wore lots of hats because we had a lot of tutors and various people working with our kids throughout the years. I got to be the first, you know, the VIP row per, per se of seeing what these kids being put into sort of this experiment, um, how they would shine. And I think they best shown through the fact that they they are now out doing in the world what they're passionate about. In, within themselves. So they too are learning how to trust their instincts, stay, uh, stay with the, 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 uh, the type of uh, work they want to do. For example, my daughter is living in LA and what she really loves more than anything is writing fairy tales. And she's really great at it. <laughs> and, you know, when she was younger, people would say, well, what is she going to do, do with this arts? And what is she going to do with this? And you know, she loves fairy tales. What about that? And I'd say, yeah, yeah, there's this big company that sort of makes a lot of money on fairy tales. Let's see. What's it called? Disney. <laughs> so, yeah. So I guess there's nothing she could do with fairy tales. So that was the thing that we we had within ourselves to sort of take on with the world was, you know what? You're telling us no. We're telling us yes. This feels right. We're going to do it. And so it's really exciting to see our kids out in the world 
uh, doing the same thing. Yeah, that's great. There's a, a really great story about um, Joseph Campbell, who you know has become a, became a world-famous um, person teaching about the hero's journey and mythology. And he started off with, well, I'm going to work on mythology. And everyone's saying, well, what are you going to do with that? And he, he ended up being a, an authority and uh, and really had a huge influence on people. So um, so that's a yeah that's great to hear. Is is the documentary film work that you do um, has how has that arisen? Has it did it begin with some events in your own life, or where, did you have other motivations for doing that? I think uh, documentary filmmaking came along as a. Uh, uh, kind of in a couple different ways. First of all, my husband had already gotten involved with a good friend of ours um, who's uh, quite philanthropic in Philadelphia, and he too was involved with homeschooling. And they had an idea of how to do a film about open connections and, and the homeschooling families that are there that would be not so much promotional, but maybe more documentary uh, in its uh, nature. And that was really interesting to me. Um, at that point, uh, our youngest had gone off to college and was not just, he was here in Philadelphia, but gone for good. And uh, it, it was a good time for me to take a break and say, okay, what's next for me? And I did. I took a year, over a year, and just really uh, worked on myself and um, got my act together a little bit and uh, decided, okay, what's next? And as soon as he started with this idea, I thought, you know, I've waited a long time to tell Kyle's story because it's a unique story and it's one that not the people in the world of autism weren't really excited to hear at the time when we first he first started to emerge. So maybe it would be the time for me to tell the story in the way I want to tell the story. And that's the beauty of documentary filmmaking is that the story is real, it's on camera, it's not rehearsed, it's not uh, scripted. It's 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 in its I think its finest form, um, uh, in, in what we can do today. And so I thought, all right, fine, let's see how this works out. Kyle was coming up on his senior year. I thought, you know, this feels to me like maybe the last year of his program, so to speak. Uh, and uh, it it all worked out. So here we are. We're almost done filming uh, in a couple weeks. Oh, that's awesome. And I know his graduation is coming up, so that's an exciting. Uh, landmark landmark for the whole family not and for Kyle obviously as well yeah well the big landmark too is that part of being a fashion design major at Drexel University you're not only expected in your senior year to create and sew hand sew a full collection you're also expected to show it at a big fashion show mm. so that comes up on June 4th and um that is that for Kyle is the pinnacle of his entire five years at Drexel yeah. is this. So it's it's a bit stressful for him right now. He's doing great, um, and we've had a lot of filming going on as well. So um, yeah. wow, been, yeah, that's a lot to manage. And uh, yeah, how exciting! I bet you're excited to see it, see his work on stage. Yes, uh, he's um, he's worked very hard um, in. He, a lot of the designers, and I, I don't, I didn't really understand this until he got into fashion design, but these collections you see these designers put out are really, uh, their art, right? It's, they think of, uh, 
themes and or music or uh, artwork itself or or um, events in people's lives these impact them and this is how their collections are born and that was very true of Kyle's uh, his inspiration is um, his grandmother who who uh, passed away from breast cancer uh, over ten years ago but she was quite a fashionista and she was. <laughs> She was very well dressed all the time and uh, perfectly put together, and that had a big impact on him. So he's dedicating his collection to his grandmother, and oh, it's really oh. sweet. How and there's been some music involved, and so um, yeah, his it's really been uh, exciting for me. Again, I talked about that VIP seat uh, to see uh, to be there and witness what you know what creations, what artistry comes out of these kids. Um, of my kids and it's this is one of those times it's been very exciting yeah that's great well in the work that you're you're doing now as is it important for you to have impact with your work with documentary filmmaking and and if it is why is that why is that important you know that <clears throat> these are the questions sometimes that people are never asked and i think this is a really good one ursula um because uh, I think a lot of times you go into things that this is we struggled with this a little bit when we were coming up with our mission statement for our, our film company uh, was a lot of people want to change the world. Right. And that's out there all over the place. Mm -hmm. And I think that if you want to define that, have impact, change the world, you have to get very specific on exactly what you're trying to accomplish. Uh, because when you say change the world or you know, have impact for me, it means uh, all kinds of things. So my, my mission statement is um, creating films, inspiring hope. And I think if there is anything that, any one word that best describes our, uh, our process uh, and our outcomes with the things that we've chosen to do with our children, it would be um, hope. Uh, we always felt hopeful. Uh, even in times where there were people saying, you can't do this, or why are you doing this, or this is crazy, we still always felt hopeful. Um, and uh, in, in, uh, you know, in the world of autism, there's a, a, kind of a phrase that's used a lot, which is, uh, don't, don't give parents false hope. And I just don't, I find that to be such an interesting statement. How could there possibly be false hope? <laughs> if there's any bit of hope in any situation, even if the outcome doesn't match what you had ultimately wanted, why would that not be hope? So um, I would say that the impact I would like to have uh, and is if I could create, if I could help one family, and I know I've done this through Kyle's Treehouse, more than one family, feel hope that they could somehow reach their children through whatever treatment options or whatever kind of program they wanted to put together, um, certainly, we were thrilled that we were able to do this through Sunrise. Um, I would that would mean that would mean the world to me. That that means that I have had an impact on the world. So I don't look at it as trying to change everyone's mind or trying to change the world. But if you say change the world, I feel like I've done that just in the work we've been able to do so far. Um, if I can have, with my documentary films, if I can have a greater impact and 
specifically in terms of the documentary I'm doing with Kyle, it would be helping everyone who's affected by autism have hope to understand that this is not a this is not a death sentence. This is not a terrible thing. Although that's how it's diagnosed today yeah. is this a terrible thing. Um, I would love to be able to change that conversation or be a part of helping to change that conversation or shift the attitude in some way. Uh, and that, that would be very exciting to me. That would, I would feel then I had impact on even the world of autism. So, well, and I think you are changing that conversation already. I mean, through Kyle's treehouse and, and Kyle's own story and your family story around that, you're, I'm, I'm sure of it, giving hope to so many families of just hearing that story and seeing it on the screen and really getting into it more deeply through the film is going to be amazing, I think. I know that the, I mean, that amazes me that the, the kind of mantra that you hear is don't give parents false hope. Well, I agree with you. I think hope is just such an important energizing energy to bring to that that very difficult and often challenging process of having a child diagnosed with autism in your family. I mean, to say false hope is, um, I mean, there's something deadening about it. There's something very quenching about hearing that. I think I think people do it for all the all the best reasons they can think of. True. We have a, uh, I, th- I believe we have a society that uh, is very bought into certain outcomes of people's lives, whether we actually accomplish that in our own life or not. I have found it very interesting to observe people giving advice to others and what they should do. And then looking at their own lives and thinking, I wonder if they're actually giving that advice to that person or to themselves. <laughs> you know, it's kind of, but I, I think what happens is there's an idea that says, is, I, I'll give you an example of my, again, with my daughter. So she was sing, she sang at a very young age in, in a, in a Broadway type voice. She had a very good singer. Mm-hmm. Um, and yet through the years, and she wanted to go on and be a, a Broadway, you know, she wanted to be a, on Broadway and went to college for that very reason. And through the years, there were certain family members who really had it in their head that they had to somehow stop that process because they didn't feel she was talented enough to make it to Broadway. And if she didn't, that would be so disappointing, right? And our idea was, all right, well, that, that will be disappointing, but um, that's okay. You know, disappointment is okay in people's lives. You know, uh, that things don't work out is okay because then there was something else that was meant to work out. So why not go for everything? And then if it changes, it changes. But I think we have an, uh, an attitude in our society that change is bad, that um, you know, if you don't reach the outcome you intended, somehow that doesn't mean you're successful. And, and we have fought, uh, we have butted up against that a lot through homeschooling and through the work we did with Kyle, uh, in terms of, you know, their fear, other people's fear and uncomfortableness with whatever our outcomes might be. And I, I think, fortunately, we, you know, for me and personally, whenever someone said no to me or, you know, had something other than support to say to me, 
it was actually really uh, a good thing for me. Uh, it was, uh, you know, it, it, it helped me clarify even more what I was doing and gave me the, I guess, the motivation to keep going. Yeah. And to, uh, I mean, to be able to go for what you really want, it's such an, an amazing process to do that. I, I think we sometimes have a very narrow definition of success and to have gone for that and whatever comes out of that experience, the process of doing that is so powerful and, uh, and there's success in that as well. So um, yeah, I agree with you. I think sometimes people hesitate to go for what they really want because of that fear of, well, you know, what if I don't get there? And that's not so much the question. It's right. it's uh, it's really more about what are you experiencing along the way. Well, and and two, I think that it it is a, I think your naysayers, or I think the people who have doubts about what you're doing, so. If you're an entrepreneur starting a business or you have this idea that you want to do this thing or whatever, I think they're there for a reason. They, they are there to help you clarify and, or get clearer about what it is you want. I, I think there's a really good role for those kind of people. I think the way that you can get yourself sideways is to listen to those people as the only experts or the only, you know, they become your best experts or they become uh, the world's best experts. And that's where I think people can, they need to be able to step back and say, I have choices here and uh, I don't have, I can listen to what they're saying and use it to my best advantage, but it's, they are just one voice and there's, you know, there's other voices out there. And so I think it's an, it's, you know, it's a lot of work to be able to turn away from uh, that kind of energy because, uh, you know, it's pretty powerful energy. It, but when you do, uh, then the, I, I always say that's the sweet spot. That's, <laughs> that's the sweet spot. Then, then you, you turn away and now you can see the direction you need to go. So it's, it's, been, a very, it's been a very important process for me personally because, I've, because of the things we've chosen. We've had a lot of uh, – negative people brought into our lives. Uh, and, uh, it's, it's been a journey for sure for me, but, uh, in the end, as I said, once I can get my head around it and turn away, that's where I, I, I can see clearly now. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like your, um, your journey with all of this and, and running into the naysayers and that whole process that something has sustained you in that. And I, I wonder if that, if your values have played a role in that, one of the things I keep asking people about is uh, how is your the impact that you want to have, the impact you have had, informed by your values? What it, about the things that are most important to you? Uh, can you speak a bit about that? Whether you feel that that has sustained you or or played a role at all in what you've chosen to do? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, it reminds me of. Um, so uh, one of the things that uh, we're very involved with is the vision process. And uh, we, my husband got involved with this a long time ago through his, his business. Uh, and one of the first visions we did was uh, when we started Kyle's program. And through that vision process is where we were able to get really clear about what our values were. 
and and we built a picture uh, through you know just our discussions about what we wanted, uh, why we think we wanted it, um, you know, and what we were hoping to achieve. And one of the cool things about the vision was it was um, I don't remember what shape it all took. But there were all these little tiny gemstones in the picture. And that's really what came out of Kyle's program. And what we really valued at that point was um, being able to uh, celebrate the, the tiny milestones. So, you, you know, if you get involved in something and you think, well, I can't celebrate until I've achieved what I've set up to achieve. But for us, it was more important that we that we really took time to celebrate his little mile what seemed like little milestones for Kyle they were huge milestones but for other people they might not have been so much so for example the first time Kyle was able to articulate and say I love you mommy hmm. I mean that oh goodness that was days and days of celebration uh, yeah or the first time he pot he finally potty trained the first time that he was able to uh, play a, a, ga- a board game, just even by his own rules, but he was able to play it. You know, just little things. He was able to ask for a drink of water. Uh, you know, he would wear a shirt uh, the right way. You know, just uh, funny little things, but the, the taking the time to really celebrate in the moment those things that are, you know, or maybe you call them little achievements. I don't care what you call them, but taking that time to celebrate. So celebration is a big value of ours. Uh, and another uh, value of ours is um, uh, we believe in the in the process of fam- family in the home is sacred. So we, because we did homeschooling and we did this program in our home, we valued and we taught our kids to value that what happens in our house stays in our house. And, uh, we, and this is a place of, of sacredness so that you could have a chance to melt down or say maybe what you wouldn't say in public or, or work through things. But it was in the, in the comp- confidence of our home. And the kids really respect that. We all respect that, that if, uh, if, we, have, if we have an interaction with one of our kids, that might be a difficult thing for them, something difficult going on in their lives. We don't talk about it with other people. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about what they say. We don't talk about what happened. We talk, we just, we always wanted our home to be a safe space for our kids. And uh, so those are two values that, you know, we started early on with and I think have, uh, we've seen really, you know, cool things happen as a result of, you know, uh, the impact on the kids, I would say, and the impact on us has been uh, m- more enriched relationships and uh, an ability to really also, uh, uh, I guess I'm losing the words here, the ability also to uh, really embrace others in their journey as well. Hmm, so, yeah. That's great. I, I totally agree with you about celebrating the the small successes or tiny milestones. You said at first, I actually created what I called a success journal as a way to do that. Create a daily practice of just write down anything that happened that day that is 
a triumph, a success, something that you've been able to overcome or move past or do in a new way. I, I think that I agree with you that that is so important that we acknowledge the progress we're making. It's not it's not all about the end goal. It's also about the um, celebrating things along the way as a way of acknowledging that and, and enjoying it. So, and I think too, it's that's fantastic. And 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 I think what's really cool about that is that and, and and that's a lot of our coming into our language these days is you know gratitude and uh looking yeah. looking on the bright side you know that kind of thing but until and it's i think it's a challenging um process or a challenging uh sort of thing to do for yourself to get you in that mindset so that because i think a lot of times we and i i see it through schools i see it through work um but a lot of it I think is born in schools is to focus on what you're not doing right. Mm -hmm. So we can make that better instead of what you're doing right. And, uh, you know, I, I see that in the workplace. I see that in, uh, relationships. I see that, you know, with a lot of people They say, I know I did, I, you know, I, I did, I got an A, but I could have gotten a better A, you know, or, you know, so I, I think there's that, um, tendency and it's sort of trained into us early on in school that uh, there's a lot you don't do right, and that's what we have to focus on. So I do think it's actually an important work for yourself personally to be able to get yourself into a spot where you can s start to actually celebrate what you do more than focus on what you didn't get done or didn't do right. Uh, that, I think, is actually something that really takes – you know, personal work to do. Mm -hmm. Well, you mentioned earlier on about appreciating uh, inner motivation, and I think that's how we tap into that too, that if you can find the things that you are great at, that you uniquely can do well, the, the grouping of things or the constellation of things that you do well, that's how you, that's how you set yourself apart. And that's how you also tap into this inner power of motivation that is so helpful in keeping you going when challenges pop up or, or there's different obstacles along the way. Yeah. Have, have think, you, go ahead. Go ahead. I think too, I think about entrepreneurs and I think about my own work and I've watched my husband build this business and, and we've worked a ton with other people. The sign of a, of a, uh, of a healthy, I think entrepreneur is when they're able to see their strengths and what they bring to the table, and then what they don't have strengths in, but they need for their business, they go find those people to do it. Right, absolutely. Because a lot of times people say, no, I have to get better at finance, or I have to get better at marketing, or I have to get better at all this, and actually you don't. This That's one of the signs of a great leader, is being able to bring in folks who do better uh, the things that you aren't, uh, those aren't your strengths, and to focus on your strengths. So that, you know, and that can be, in business, uh, that can be in your personal life, that can be with your relationships. So I, I think that that's just a beautiful process to have for yourself is to acknowledge and celebrate your strengths and be okay with what you're not good at and find people. If you need that help, go find them. 
because there's a lot of them out there that can do. There's a lot of people who are really great at math, and I don't do math well, so I don't <laughs> do that stuff for me, and it's really fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and also it gives them a chance to do what they're amazing at, and uh, it, it's sometimes tough for entrepreneurs to let go of aspects of their business, so it's a great thing to learn to be able to delegate that and everybody benefits it's a yeah it's all around win process so are are there things that that uh i mean we were just talking about obstacles and and things that can get in your way are there can you share uh, an experience of of uh, an obstacle or a barrier or problem in making the impact that you want to have and how would you how did you move through that how were you able to to move through that issue well i would say that <coughs> oh god there's so many examples um i would say the biggest uh you know in terms of documentary filmmaking i don't find any big barriers right now I, that's why i love documentary filmmaking you can create films for very for very little money, and I use the word little in quotation marks, and have a big impact. So feature films are a whole different genre, and, and that's about money making, that's about entertainment, uh, that's about uh, you know um, uh, a very structured, organized process. But documentary filmmaking, it's uh, I don't find a lot of barriers other than uh, money for sure, but fortunately, you know, we don't have that issue. But, uh, but for the most part, I think people who really want to make films and have an impact are finding a way to get that done. And the world of uh, documentary filmmaking is exploding. So there's everybody who is in the entertainment business wants to get into documentaries now. So I think there's a lot of money, there's a lot of uh, interest there's a lot of excitement in this world right now so i would encourage anyone who's interested in the in that genre of film to get involved because the time time is now mm. uh, i would say the but there has been a lot of barriers in our lives a lot of uh stuff that has helped again i talked about earlier helped me clarify things uh, but the but also i'm one of those people uh, that when I'm told no or told I can't do something, then I'm like, fine, I will figure out how to do this then. <laughs> I, I, it's just, I don't know, it's just kind of a natural instinct, I think, a little bit. Uh, so for, an example would be when Kyle was, uh, when we first started Kyle's program, he was almost six. So we worked with our local school district to get funding for two years of this program, even though it was a not a school-based program. But see, back in 1998, there wasn't a lot of schools who had special needs programs like there are today. I mean, now it's a given you would go to your school, but back then that wasn't the case. So for two years, they funded our program, which meant then I had to go before the uh, school officials to get another IEP, it's called. And um, at this point now, they had some kind of, uh, you know, they had some kind of program. It didn't have to be great. It didn't have to be perfect, but they had some kind of program. So they no longer had to fund me, which was fine. But I, I decided I would take it a step forward because they were giving me a pretty hard time as Kyle at this point, he was technically second grade, third grade, but he wasn't reading yet. And, uh, so they were trying to tell me in their language that 
he should come to school. I should give him to the experts. You know, I've talked about that. So I said, I'm not going to do that. And we ended up into an arbitration hearing. And uh, I, so I sat with all these, you know, school officials. It was, it was not a pleasant day. But one of the things that came out of it, they said to me, he needs to read at a third grade level by the end of next year or you're going to have to put him in school. I mean, that was kind of the threat. Um, they couldn't have really made me at that point, but that's what they were threatening. And I said, fine. So we came back uh, to the program and I got my people together and we found a curriculum that we thought would work and we ordered it and brought it in. And that kid was reading at a fourth grade level <laughs> that next year. And so, and that happened a lot in my life where I'd have a doctor that says, well, he's not autistic, but you know, here's some things he's never going to be able to do. And I would be like, Oh, thank you for that list of things we can work on. Right. And right. so some of the things he could do and some of the things he can't do, like he, he this one doctor told me he will <clears throat> never be a creative writer. And I was like, really? That's the best you're going to come up with. He can he can speak. He can look us in the eye. He can he can he can make friends. He can you know take care of himself. Okay, so he's not going to be a creative writer. I'm okay with that. <laughs> so you know, so it was just sometimes you run into the craziest barriers. Sometimes you run into barriers that say you can't do something, and then you say, well, yes, I can. And then sometimes you run into situations where you know what they're right. Um, he uh, he did not do very well on the SATs uh, in scoring, and I don't care what accommodations or stuff we would have gotten done for him. He just doesn't test well. So you know, so some things you have to be like, that's okay. So uh, uh, yeah. So anyway, barriers I think are are there for us again, as I said earlier, to clarify our thinking, clarify our wants, clarify where we're going, and uh, and then you have to let them go. You have to be able to move on from them or you will get sucked into that and uh, and you won't accomplish, you know, what you were set out to do. So, yeah, I think that last step of letting letting them go once you've learned what you can to clarify yeah. your thinking wants where you're going and then let them go. That's that's really crucial. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you feel that you're I mean, you've, you've been you've been involved in so many things and you have such a busy schedule and uh, do you feel that your own self-care affects your ability to have impact? Are there aspects of your, your self-care practice that you feel are most important to you? Yes. Uh, one of the things that we uh, got involved with early on was the Option Institute. It's in Sheffield, Massachusetts. And that's where we found the Sunrise Program. We had, uh, you know, just again, serendipitously run into a woman who was running a sunrise program. We've never heard of that for her autistic daughter. Never heard of that. And, but through our discussions started to realize that, uh, in fact, Kyle might be autistic, not just crazy. And, um, uh, so we got involved with them. We got involved with running the sunrise program, but they also, uh, have a philosophy that we really feel is important in our lives. And uh, so through the years, when we were finished with our Sunrise program, we continued with them in their adult programs. And um, I would say that that is a process that is paramount to the uh, how we live our everyday lives. Uh, we, w again, I brought up celebration. Uh, there's also, uh, owning your own, your own stuff and being able to really own that in a full, 
full, beautiful way for your thing, yourself, feeling empowered to, uh, you know, own your own feelings, reactions, uh, you know, uh, finding a, a loving, accepting and non-judgmental place to be uh, in the best you can. Uh, you know, we learned this through our son, uh, with our son uh, having autism. You know, they were the first people that talked to us about the fact that Kyle was Kyle's autism was a gift. Uh, Kyle's autism was going to be a very special journey for our family. And it was and it, in both cases. Uh, but it, again, it's a belief system that uh, you feel empowered to uh, implement for yourself every day. So you can. So a lot of people see autism as a terrible, tragic thing. And we saw Kyle's behavior, certainly, before we even realized that he was autistic as a terrible, tragic thing. So it was just a shift in a belief that created a whole different experience for us. So when we went to the Institute and we started to learn about the Sunrise Program and that you hear your child is a beautiful human being and this is you know, going to be a great thing in your life, you change that belief and now you go forward on a completely different way. Yeah. And that's a process that we use every day. We work with them all the time. You know, I also uh, have, I just believe in therapy and counseling. I, I, the stigma that this is somehow you're broken. So you need this, I think is crazy. So, and ironically, I use that word specifically because <laughs> the craziness is not doing something for yourself. Right. Why yeah. would it be crazy to go out and, and work with a professional when you feel you're in a terrible place for yourself? Why would that be crazy then to go work with someone to help you get out of that space, right? So I think there's, I think it's a, it's awesome that we have access to so much uh, personal growth uh, people out there. I, I don't know why anyone wouldn't take advantage of it and make that an important part of their own personal journey. Uh, you can only be better with yourself, with your family, then, you know, the rings of it go out further to your, your employees, to your friends, your family. I mean, you're just a better person if you're in a better place. And uh, so that's, that's personally something I work on all the time. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. That ripples out. I, I talk with clients about how are you showing up in the world and how that, how every interaction with every person is influenced by how you show up. And that's, I mean, the self-care things that you spoke about are, are have really helped you be present in a way that you feel good about, that you, you're bringing yourself into the world in a way that you are happy with. Yeah, and I think it's important you use the word impact. Uh, it, I don't think we take enough time to understand what impact we have on the people around us. So I used to tell this to moms all the time when we were, when we were younger with our kids. Why would you not go take care of yourself first? before your kids or your husband. Because if you show up tired, unhappy, you know, that impacts everyone around you. And, and whether you like it or not, you're the mom, you're the person in charge, right? Uh, you know, my husband knows this when he goes to work. Why would he not take care of himself? Because when he goes to work then, that if he's in a grumpy, terrible mood, or he's upset about that impacts everyone around him. Mm -hmm. And you know, he was the president and CEO. So of course, it's gonna, you know, impact people. So I think even in even in just uh, when you're standing in the grocery line, and you are grumpy to somebody that has an impact. Mm 
So I think that it's important that we spend time on ourselves and be in the best place we can be. It just makes our day happier, if anything else. So why would you not want that, right? Right. So I think I I would want to feel healthy and happy and, you know, enjoy my day. So why wouldn't I keep the focus on me? And I know that may sound selfish, but if I don't keep the focus on me, then I can't be the best for other people and then the impact I have is not what I want. And, and I, I think it's important to know what, what impact do you want to have and then how are you going to get that? And I think personal care is got to be at the top of everybody's list. I completely agree with you that having impact begins with you, begins with your choices and, and how well you set yourself up to be able to have that impact. So yeah, that's really powerful words. Thank you for sharing that. Did, uh, is there something that an insight or advice that you would share with a business owner who's asking themselves, how can I positively affect things? How can I change the world? How can I have a bigger impact? What would you, what would you say to them? I would say that I think as any business owner, it'd be very important to just take a step back in the doing of the work and take a, um, a, a retreat or a, uh, a couple days to sit with people who like yourself or others who help you understand the meaning and impact you want to have in your business. Because I think every business, uh, I think business in general gets a bad rap because there's a lot of business that has really positive impact. You know, um, if Ford Motor Company didn't build ambulances, then we wouldn't have ambulances to go pick up people when they're injured or, or they're dying, right? And get them to the hospital quickly. You know, and just think about your business in terms of the impact you're already having. Why are you doing what you're doing? Well, nobody does. I don't think many people do things to, uh, to do bad in the world. I mean, I know there are people that do bad in the world, but most business people that you're going to work with are out there trying to find meaning in what they're doing. So step back and look at what you're doing already and see that there's probably meaning there already. And then I would say, you know, that's why you have professionals. It's, it's exciting and important for anyone's business to take some time, work with some professionals, and figure out a vision for yourself. Figure out what you're doing already, how it's impacting, what you're creating, and then where do you want to go in the future. Uh, there, there's, my husband says this all the time, take the time to plan. And it's every single time I've taken the time to plan, I've always come out in a, a clearer and a, a clearer place. And honestly, when you do that, the ride is just so much more enjoyable. Mm-hmm. That's absolutely true. And I, uh, yeah, you just pretty much summarized what I, uh, I feel is so important in, in the retreats that I offer, too, of just helping people step away from things and really look back at them and look back at their business and and get some clarity so I'm so glad to hear that you've been doing that all along um, I I really I, I love what you said today you've had so many nuggets for entrepreneurs and leaders from appreciating where where you are drawn and and building your own inner motivation that way and and focusing on your strengths and hiring weaknesses and and also about the role of naysayers which we all run up against. I, I love what you've said about um, 
how they can really help you clarify and uh, really step into what you feel is most important to you. So I thank you so much, Jennifer, for being here today and for all that you've offered from your own experience. Well, thank you, Ursula. Uh, this has been really fun. I <laughs> Well, I'm glad to hear that. If people want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, they can reach me through uh, my website, uh, wavelengthproductions.com. Uh, and, and I'm happy to accept email uh, emails. Um, my email address is uh, jen at wavelengthproductions.com. Pretty easy. J-E-N at wavelengthproductions.com. Great. So Great. that's a great way to get me as well. Okay. Well, thank you for offering that. And thanks again for being here. It's been great to talk with you about your impact. We've had so many wonderful conversations, and I, I feel like I've, I've learned so much more about your journey, and uh, uh, it's, I think it'll be really inspirational for people to hear. So thank you again. Well, thank you again, Ursula, and uh, I hope you have a great day. Thank you. Join us for more podcasts on impact. Subscribe to the Work Alchemy podcast channel on iTunes or Stitcher Radio so you'll be notified as soon as new podcasts are available. Thank you to everyone listening for being here. Until next time, to keep that positive flow of energy going in your business so you can have your own impact, join our community of entrepreneurs like you by entering your name and email at workalchemy.com.